0: Excellent. Well, um, brilliant to be here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the invitation from Pete. And uh, I love, love the project and what God's doing through the project and, uh, and the leadership of these guys and their spouses. Their spouses now, Mrs. Crowther. Is it cool? I can say that for all three. That's really cool. So uh, it's a privilege to be here. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to drop a little thought. You know, I'm going to, you know, Pete dropped a few thoughts there, and I just want to pick up on that. And then that's not even my sermon, but it's a little freebie for you. Um, Just a little thing that God's doing in my heart, teaching me at the moment is, we get healed or healthier in community. And uh, I think Pete was just a little plug there for community groups. And I want to tell you, we get healthy, we get healed in community. The scourge of um, Western civilization and our culture is individualism. I'm going to withdraw, and it's just going to be me and Jesus, and that'll be enough for me. But actually, getting involved in the lives of other people will heal us, will make us healthier. Um, science teaches, tells us that. But it actually is just proving what God has said to be true: um, that as you join in with other people, you get into a healthier place, a um, place of wholeness. Hey so if you uh, start speaking out encouragement to other people you get healthier how cool's that you know and that science can find the truth of god revealed in our physical bodies i love it it's very cool there you go that's a free one uh i'm going to read the passage on the, on the um powerpoint there uh it's a different translation it's a brand new translation it's called the kingdom new testament so you probably don't have it it just came out at the end of last year so i'm going to read from there if you've got your bible it'll it'll read differently for sure So here it is. So Jesus spoke to the Judeans who had believed in him. If you remain in my word, he said, you will truly be my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. We are Abraham's descendants, they replied. We've never been anyone's slave. How can you say, how can you say, Jesus, you'll become free? It's never a good, uh, it's never a good ploy to argue with Jesus. All right. I'm telling you the solemn truth, Jesus replied. Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave doesn't live in the house forever. The son lives there forever. So you see, if the son makes you free, you will be truly free. If you remain in my word, it tells us, you'll be my disciples. And there's a whole sermon there that I'm not even touching today. If we want to be his disciples, we're going to remain in this book, in his word. Let it start living in us. And you will know the truth as you live in my word. And the truth is going to do something to you. It's going to set you free. The passage keeps on going. And it says, uh, the sun will set you free. Have we got that? Can we? Uh, no? The last line. So, you see, if the sun makes you free, you will be truly free. Let's flick back to the first slide, mate. That one there. You really will be my disciples and you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. So there's, there's two statements here about freedom. The truth will make you free and the Son will make you free. And I just want to do a little bit of you know, drawing our attention to this of the truth and Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said two things. Well, he said a lot of things about himself. But in, in uh, John chapter 14, verse 6, anyone tell me? It says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Jesus is the truth. And it says in the same book, John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and lived among us. Jesus, the Word, became flesh and blood. So Jesus is pronouncing himself as the Word, as the truth. First slide, please. Actually, we've got to go back right back to the start. There you go. I mixed up the order of my PowerPoint. So we get this mystery of God. And I love the mysteries of God. At one point in time, I did not love the mysteries of God. It confused my intellect and until I could intellectually understand it all, I actually shut it out. What a dumb thing to do. But I love the mysteries of God and we come up with a mystery. Um, This equation here, I don't know, it's not an equation. It's not an equation. I just got a little shake of the head. It's not an equation. The word equals the truth equals Jesus equals freedom. Alright? How can the truth be Jesus, a person? How can word, uh, freedom? uh, It's it's a bit of a mystery to me. But Jesus is pronouncing himself. If you're my disciples, if 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 the word lives in you, you're going to understand my word. It's going to be truth. It's me, Jesus, and it's going to do something in you. It's freedom. And so I want to focus on those two statements today involved in this mystery here that the truth will make you free and the Son will set you free. I want to highlight today that Jesus is the one that's setting us free. Amen? Yeah, it's good news. But we may not be as free as we think we are. The job of a good teacher is to knock you off kilter. I was taught this back in teachers' college. If you can knock a student off kill to say, hang on, that doesn't make sense. I've got to write myself. You're doing a good job because as we get knocked off, we want to naturally write ourselves and find out what the heck is he talking about. I want to tell you, you may not be as free as you think you are. Let's find out what I mean by that. Because straight away you might say, "Yeah, hang on, I am free. I am free in Jesus Christ. I am forgiven of my sin. And I've received the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. He became the one that died in my place. He took the punishment, the death that I deserved. He took my place on that cross. Not only that, he rose again. And all the effects of sin and death and Satan and the curse upon creation was broken. And when, I, when I'm when i found in Jesus Christ, when I receive him as my Lord and Savior, I'm set free. Anyone say amen to that one? Yeah. That's my story too. I am free. Yes, yes we are in Jesus Christ. I am not saying that we're not. Otherwise I'll never get an invite back here again. So I say yes, amen and absolutely we are free. We just may not be as free as we think we are. See the thing that keeps us prisoners, which is the opposite of freedom... Pretty sure you're an intelligent crowd, you could follow that logic. The thing that keeps us as prisoners is a lie. And we believe lies in our own lives that shape our lives and that shapes us as prisoners, as in a prison. I wanted to get a, a prison door, I couldn't find one, but we had a prison door on our back door in the last house we used to live in. Um, it's, it wasn't a screen door, it was fed ink of a prison door, and we took it off really quick. It was just metal bars that went straight down and had a couple that held them all together, and that was the back, well, the back door, but the screen door that wasn't a screen door. And just a mental image for you, it was just prison door, but the lies shape our, our, the, the lie shapes our lives as if we're in a prison. As if we're in a prison. But I believe today that God wants to bring the truth to you and to set you free. So, as in this passage, and there's stacks you could preach from this passage, and I'm only just pulling out a little bit of it, and I love that about God's Word, is that Jesus shows us our state, but then he says, but there's a better way. Is that you're slaves to sin, but there's going to be hope. So... If we discover some of the lies that are in our life, there's a better way. There's freedom in Jesus Christ. I'm going to lay a little bit more platform and I'm going to need Steve Clayton to help me put up on the screen Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. All this is just laying a platform for where I I want to go and what I think God wants to do here today. This is a very familiar passage uh, and I'm going to read it from the screen. So my dear family, this is my appeal to you by the mercies of God. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and appropriate worship. What's more, don't let yourselves be squeezed into the shape dictated by this present age. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can work out what, God, what God's will is, what is good, acceptable and complete. I just want to sort of draw in the message today that the lie is the thing that squeezes us into the pattern, into the shape of this present age or the world. Our culture, our world, says some really clear, powerful messages and they're all dead set lies. And it's squeezing us into a mould, into a shape and it's not freedom. It's a prison. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. In other words, get the lie out and put in the truth of God. And so the truth will set us free. We've been lied to. And you know, just quickly, here's a whole other sermon in itself. The best Satan can do is give us a lie. That's the best thing and his most powerful tool. He will sell us dead set lies. And he's doing it through this present age, this world. um, And he's, he's selling millions of people, billions of people around the globe, dead set lies. And he's selling us lies as well. And we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need to understand the word of God, get the truth of, of God in us so we understand and aren't held bondage. The problem is, uh, I th- I can't remember his name, John Eldridge, there it was, just came back, says there's a mole within, there's a mole within us, there's a saboteur inside each one of us. It's called our sin nature, our flesh, and it listens to the lies. Um, Nathan started this morning. Who who do we incline our heart to? Not naturally, God. It inclines to me. I'm listening to the mole within, the lie. Hey, freedom will be, just do it for yourself. Serve yourself. You have the glory. And the lie is um, that we're powerfully sold is um, freedom is just doing what you want. Just doing what you want. Um, Who knows that song... um, do what you want to do, be what you want to be, yeah. That's all I know of that song, fortunately for you. Who knows that song? Yeah? Yeah, a few people. Um, I've got other songs I can sing, but I won't. So the lie that we're sold is, deny the existence of God. If we can rationalise Him away, if we can deny the existence of it, there's no God. Freedom is... Do what you want to do. Be what you want to be. Be the master of your own destiny in control of it all. Jesus is not in command of my destiny. I am. But the lie is, outside of the rule of God, when I, if, I, if I'm not accepting the rule of God, if I'm outside of that, it's a prison. I'm not free. That's not truth, and I won't find freedom. But when I come underneath the rule of God... Yeah, that's right. When somebody else is in charge of my life, I find freedom. I find freedom actually submitting to God. That's freedom. Satan sells us a whole complete lie. That's where these people that Jesus is talking to were deceived. The Judeans, they said, Jesus, uh, we're not slaves to anybody. We're descendants of Abraham. We're his kids. We're not, we're not slaves to anybody, you know. And he goes, well, hang on. If you sin, yes, you are. He politely corrects them, and I'm thankful that God tells us our state, you are in sin, you are in prison, but there's hope, there's a better way, there's freedom. So very, very quickly, just setting a platform, and I'm skipping over a whole bunch of truths I wish we had from 2 to 4 o'clock, Pete, and we could um, go for it again, but we don't. So very, very quickly, this is, there's a whole bunch of messages here. But I just want to throw it out in just as ways of illustrations. When we live under the rule of God, there's freedom. If you do that, and he's outlined that in here for us, if you do it within marriage, there's, if you follow his pattern and come underneath his rule for marriage, marriage works. There's freedom in that. When you're not there to get for myself, but actually willingly lay down your life for, the, for your spouse, it works. Marriage works. You follow his pattern... There's freedom in that. When you, with your finances, uh, give generously because, hey, it wasn't mine in the first place. God gave it to me. That's the truth. So I can give. I don't have to hold on to this thing because I may not get any more. I may not have enough. got to pay some bills. That's lies. I can release this generously. I can give my tithe to the church because that's what God's told us to do, to release it to him. And be a good steward of our money. As we do that, instead of just going, yeah, money's mine, doing what I want. I'm going to buy a whole bunch of stuff and it's going to satisfy my needs and my wants. Materialism, it's going to work for me. That's not freedom. I don't see this world in freedom through materialism. If we live in relationships where we actually humbly are here in community and wherever we go for that matter, humbly serving one another, being the servant of all as Jesus was, that's freedom. I find life in that. So as we follow His truth, it brings freedom to our life, is simply what I'm saying. Unfortunately, as we maybe just to illustrate in terms of relationships, when we choose the lie, when we go, this thing's all about me, that's not life, that's not freedom, that's not satisfaction. When we you know, man, watch television shows and just the ads are scary enough for them to paint a lie of a picture to you, there's a show coming up called Revenge. It's painting a clear picture. Revenge will be your freedom. That's bull. That is not going to bring freedom to you. Revenge and retaliation is a dead set lie that our culture sends us. Just get back. Unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness, I have a right to that. I don't see that as freedom. We've been lied to. And so, Another message that I'm not going to preach, but just drop out there for you. Each one of us as disciples of Jesus Christ, as part of offering ourselves as living sacrifices in light of the mercies of God, because all that he's done for us, we become people of the word. We get into this book because that's the truth that will set us free. Renew, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a whole nother stuff there. Okay, so I'm going to change tact radically but framed within this thought that the truth will set us free and the Son will set us free. And I want to get personal because I believe that today Jesus wants to set you free and some people are going to go home set free today. Now, I've heard that from a thousand preachers And in one way it sounds really arrogant. I don't say that because Adam Grant is going to produce anything here. I believe the truth will set you free and Jesus Christ will set you free. Alright? So I'm going to believe that as we just go into this next little bit. He's going to work in you. Um, I have one last slide. This is my brother. That was several years ago. I had more hair then. With more hair, less hair, one of the two, uh, we were on holidays at the time and uh, we decided it would be really funny if we pulled our pants up and took a photo. Um, so that's the quickest one I can get my hands on today. I love my brother. He's about five years older than me. He's taller than me. He's 6'6", six, six. I'm 6'4", six, so I'm the younger brother. Um, my brother is immensely talented. Um, he, uh, he was very clever at school, smarter. Than me, he was um, more talented than I was. He had, if if, a, if life was a little bit different, he probably would have played some rep sport for sure. Just didn't get the opportunity in the town we were growing up in. But He was amazing. Um, he was a very high achiever. He was an all-round good guy. Everybody loved him. He ran our youth group, and people would just mate, loved my brother Anthony, and I did too. But a lie started happening into my heart, and I really don't know when but I know a lie started generating in my heart that I was second-rate and second-best to my brother. And I started to imbibe or receive and take on that lie. And I found that that was prison to me. But I would not have said that I was second-rate or second-best if you'd asked me, I would have said no. No. That's not true. And, and if you've said you've got an insecurity problem, which I did, I would have said, no, no I don't. But I'm thankful that the truth came to my heart and showed me my state. I was believing a lie and that freedom came. And I just wish somehow I could show you how good that freedom is. <laughs> I just so wish. But I'm going to believe the Holy Spirit will do that today. The prison of my insecurity was this, I went around intimidated by anybody that I felt was better than me, smarter than me, more talented than me, more intelligent than me, more high achieving than I was. Not that my high achieving bar was all that high. Pete, would you mind coming out to help me illustrate this? Because, and I'm, and I'm going to be uh, a little bit honest with you, Pete, this morning. Um, you intimidated me. <laughs> <laughs> intimidated me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, the truth shall set you free. <laughs> no, I, I've known Pete for maybe 10 years now, 11 years. And I was intimidated by Pete because he, he knew more of the Word from me. He, was, he, he studied harder than I did, which you still do, and I, and I admire you that, for that. But he just knew stuff. We'd get together and he'd start espousing the word of God and, and I'd be drinking it all and going, that's good. And my response would be, yeah, no, me too, love the word of God. <laughs> oh, I don't know what I used to say. But I was intimidated by you. And so if we could picture this prison door, here's me behind my prison door relating to Peter. The prison door is here and this is what I did. This is how I could relate to Peter. I could relate to Peter from a distance. I was imprisoned in our relationship. They say when you're threatened, you're either, there's either two things with, with animals. Fight or flight. And I didn't ever hit him, so I don't do the fight. But I do do the flight. I will, I will withdraw from that relationship because I'm intimidated by that person. Anyone think that's not freedom? That's not freedom in a relationship. And I'm so grateful that I'm not intimidated by you anymore. That's <laughs> cool. Mate, I appreciate the gifts that God's placed in him. I don't need to be threatened by them. I'm secure in who he's made me to be. I'm set free from a prison. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. I'm set free. So, it, like I said, if you'd asked me, were you intimidated by Peter? Were you threatened? Were you insecure? Were you feeling second rate? I would have gone, no, I don't know that. But the truth of God came to me and exposed my lie, you're insecure, and then set me free of my my prison. The truth was, I'm not a second rate son of God. I'm not second rate to him. And he loves me. The Father loves me and accepts me for who I am. No, I'm not Peter. But... I don't have to be. He loves me just for who I am. I'm an accepted son of the Most High God. And I've got nothing to prove. I don't have to now feel threatened or intimidated by anybody else. And the freedom that now has, it has brought me, the prison that I've been set free of, is I can relate to other people without being intimidated. I really like that. And I've actually discovered who I am more in Jesus Christ, how he's made me to be, some of the gifts that he's given me and I can do that without feeling like I'm threatened by someone's going to react to that or think it's second rate. You know? That's cool. Some of you are going right now and I'm just going to throw this in there because I've sat where you've sat and you're just going, yeah, hang on, I'm not sure what all this passage is. You know, I don't think you're drawing a you know, parallel from this truth shall set us free and Jesus will set us free. I'm not sure... Theologically, you might be struggling with this. Well, I, I believe that insecurity and all those things anxiety and fear, etc., and etc, cetera, et cetera, are a result of the fall. At one point in time, Adam and Eve, before the fall, were naked and not ashamed. That's pretty good security. Lucky for you, I 'm not that secure. But the fall introduced insecurity and Jesus came to set us free from insecurity to make us secure sons and daughters of the Father. So if you're struggling with that, oh hang on, that's we've gone a little bit introspective here, no, these are some of the things that Jesus wants to set us free of. Uh, Last weekend I heard the story of a a lady, I don't know her, she's from another country, but the story was told that she was a 50-something lady, 50-something year old. She was the pastor's wife in a church. She had a lot to do with other people then. Every time she turned up into a gathering like this, or anybody came into a home, no matter whenever she was with other people, the lie that bound her was, "I don't belong. They don't want me in the room." Didn't matter how nice they were to her, how many compliments they gave her how warm they made her feel, there was a lie in her life that said, you don't belong here. And she lived her life, right from her childhood, right up into 50-something, living out this lie, and there's a, a prison that she's living in in terms of relationships with one another. Through prayer, the lie was identified that I don't belong here and why it snuck into her life. When she was one day before her third birthday, she was outside playing, under the tree having a nice time, but inside the house, she heard all the adults and the people inside laughing. And she went, that sounds like fun, I want to go in there. Just the kid, drop what I'm doing, and off I go inside. She walked into the room where all the adults were, and they instantly went quiet. And the lie stuck into her heart, you don't belong here, nobody wants you in the room. Now, who would have thought that that would shape your life for 50-something years? But our nature imbibes the lie, welcomes the lie. I'll take that in because we're broken in our nature. We need fixing and we need freedom. And so the truth came, hey, you, you belong. You're accepted in Jesus Christ by the Father. You belong. And it's a prison set free. Just a little bit of a different, um, a different way of looking at this. Um, on Friday, I was driving. Um, well, getting ready for Friday. There's a stack of stuff going on. Um, my kids, my boys are going to mow somebody's lawn, and I've got to organise them to a location. My daughter's going somewhere else. They do a The boys do a pamphlet run in the afternoon, and uh, we've got to organise how to get that. There's a whole bunch. There's family in town. We're trying to organise how to. Visit family, get pamphlets, get the job done. Um, we finally get that sorted out. The place where I've got to drop the boys, the location changes. The pamphlet stuff changes how we're going to do that. We thought we could do it Saturday. It's got to be done Friday. I've got to get to work on time. I've got to get spiritual enough to write a sermon. All this pressure is happening. And man, anyone know life like I'm just describing? Yeah? Yeah? Especially parents. Oh, it's not not that I'm saying that others can't be, but and I'm getting worked up. I'm getting overwhelmed. You ever get that overwhelmed? I hate that feeling. Overwhelmed, um, and to varying degrees, that can be for a moment. I've done whole days like that, but my phlegmatic personality—I'm probably not like that all the time. But it has become a little bit of a pattern. I just get so overwhelmed and I cannot think straight. And then I'm useless. Um, but like Pete said with that uh, anxiety illustration, you know, if it's a repeated pattern, it, it starts as a downward spiral. All right? So maybe that's you. Maybe you can relate to that. Um, maybe there's a certain trigger that triggers just feeling overwhelmed and you feel like, man, this is becoming a prison for me. But the lie is, man, I have to do today all by myself. I just have to get this thing done. I've got to I mean, how dumb is it to say to think I've got to write a sermon all by myself. But the lie is there, man, I've just got to get this thing done. I've got to sort it all out. In all of my own strength and energy, I've got to get it done. And I'm driving, I've dropped I've dropped my daughter off and I'm on my way to work, and I just I'm just driving and God goes thinking about any lies and thinking about any truth here. you know. What's the truth? The truth is you don't need to do it by yourself. I never called you to be a dad or to be a pastor and do it in your own energy and strength. You don't need to be overwhelmed. And so I just start being transformed by the renewing of my mind as I start to take on truth and I start to pray it. God, thank you that today... You're going to be with me. You're going to help me. You're going to give me wisdom. You, you're my dad that provides what I need for this day. You're going to give me revelation for what I'm going to preach. You're going to help me to just have the strength to think straight and organize family and do what I've got to do. And, and I don't know what moment. I know that I was near the range shopping center on the way back down to Neal Street. And somewhere in between, because it wasn't until I got to the office that I just went, I'm not overwhelmed anymore. I, I've got peace here. And so the prison that I was starting to live out in, or live in just got transformed. I was set free. You know, I, I, any day, any day I will trade overwhelmed with the freedom of peace that only he can bring. You know. So they're just a couple of little illustrations and I thought the best way to illustrate what I'm talking about with maybe some of the lies that you, you can identify today was with just a couple of stories. It plays out in, well, who knows how many ways. But maybe you're related to some of those stories. Yeah, that's me. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, that's me. I feel intimidated and threatened. Maybe insecure. Maybe I just feel like I don't belong. I think one of the big ones in our culture today, in our world today, is just Fear a prison of fear and there's fear of death there's fear of something might go wrong with my kids there's fear that I'm just not going to be able to do that there's fear from you know I've got to get a job done at, at my work and I'm just not going to be able to just fear just fear rules our life and that's a prison I just want to take us through a moment and you don't have to do this but if you want to Uh, please join in. I want us to just simply ask Jesus to speak to you what's the lie? What's the lie that's crept into your heart? And then we're going to ask Jesus what's the truth I need to hear? I'm not going to ask him you are and I'm not going to hear for you you're going to hear from him because as the truth From God Almighty comes to you. It sets you free and you needed to hear it just the way you needed to hear it. And then we're going to take a moment to repent. We repent because we received the lie. I received the lie of I'm second rate and I lived it. I accepted it. I received it. And then I chose to live out of it. Did I understand it all? No, but I I did. I ran with it. I... I... I know the truth of God's word, but you know what? I sided with the lie instead of siding with the truth. And so I need to repent of that. I need to say, God, I'm sorry. I repent. I'm turning away from the lie. I'm running after your truth. And then we're going to ask Jesus that he would set us free from any effects that that lie has had on our lives. Yeah? And ask that the truth will set you free today. And finally, I just want to pray. Jesus, I thank you that in you is freedom and you are the word and you are the truth. And we want to receive you today in your word and in your truth. Father, where we've received the lie, I ask that you would firstly forgive. Forgive each and every one of us we have repented today. And I thank you that in Jesus Christ you have. And we receive of your forgiveness. But I'm asking Jesus that you would just nullify every effect that that lie has had in people. There may be a setting free right now or a process, but nullify every effect of that lie so that we may live in freedom. Let the prison be gone in Jesus' name. The truth... Make us free, and the Son, make us free, I'm asking, in Jesus' name. God, thank you that beyond today, you would continue this process. God, continue to bring your truth to us, day upon day, that we may live in amazing freedom that's found in you. Amen. Just to finish off, if you didn't hear anything... But maybe you feel like there's something there. Just encourage you just to keep saying, God, what is it? What's the lie? What's the thing I've I've bought into here? And with my insecurity story, uh, there was a process of me walking that out. In the very first week after God set me free, I ran into two people who made me feel very intimidated and I had a choice in that moment. Am I going to react out of intimidation or am I going to choose to start to walk differently? And there was a process of freedom that I had to, had to engage in, hey? So just because just there's a moment where God does something and speaks doesn't mean it's all done. Like Peter said, with anxiety, um, our brain could have been changed by this whole thing. Literally. When, that's not a joke. And the undoing of that can happen to bring freedom, but it may be a process, hey? So thanks, Pete. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.